Hey everybody, welcome back to the Husky Fan Podcast, the prediction edition of the Husky Fan Podcast, previewing and predicting the game against the California Golden Bears. Jimmy Cornell, do you know that, did you know, trivia question for you, who are the only two teams in the pack that go back to being original members? Uh, Cal Washington. Ding, 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 ding. What a guess, huh? Yeah, I'm on fire tonight. Cal is our original rival. That is fantastic, man. That's good. That's good. how'd you figure that one out? Did you go back to the microfiche, the annals of the, the library? That's exactly what I did. That's how I figured it out. Nice. Well, but good Jimmy, you. that's I, good. That's a good little. Uh, Good little nugget of information for all the listeners. Yeah, I know it's been a long day for both of us. I was, uh, you know, on my way uh, on my way north of the border to uh, get that paper, as you call it, and uh, just some positive text messages regarding Savelle Smalls. I mean, I was almost falling asleep at the wheel, and that put an extra pep in my my uh, step, so to speak. Well, yeah. Um, why don't you uh, Why don't you uh... elaborate? Yeah, elaborate. That's what I'm looking for. Well, um, if you're looking at rumors, our own Dennis DeYoung from Bow Down to Washington. Hashtag BDTW, Bow Down to Washington.com. He posted a I don't know if it was this morning or yesterday, and it, it said we're doing really well with Smalls. And uh, there was, uh, I don't know who posted the rumor today or where it came from, but it sounded like uh that Savelle Smalls I mean if you're if you're putting two and two together maybe he's already told UW and, and told some commits that he's going there I mean I don't I don't want to leak Wait. anything because I don't know anything it's only what I'm hearing but the rumor is he he could commit tomorrow uh after well his Saturday after his uh after his game, uh, he's who are well, they playing? Bethel. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I think that's what people are pointing to now. They're saying there's a rumor that he could commit tomorrow after the game. I don't know, maybe before the game or during, but after probably makes the most sense. And, and this is garnered through Twitters, through tweets. Uh, We're just in this information. Remember, no awkward pauses, man. Yeah, I would no. I would just say it's through the BDTW network. Hashtag BDTW. Bow down to Washington.com through our network of sources, which of course includes you and me. Well, I guess uh, you know that would be quite the turn of events, being that the idea was he had no interest, and then. A few short months later, he's ready to make his commitment. What do you think changed, and why would you think he would commit this early to Washington? Can you break that down for the listener? You know, I will try to. It's very difficult, but you know how teenage kids are. And as you've noted in the past, you know, we're getting in there with the big boys and and recruiting five-star players. And even if they're in your backyard, I mean, these recruitments, there's a lot of drama involved. Uh, there can be a lot of turning points. You know, one day the kid likes the school. You know, the next day he he doesn't like it anymore. I mean, it just kind of sounds like being a teenager to me. I don't think we hold anything against Savelle. 
I, I mean, as we've said before, we I don't think he did. Savelle to be a dog. What? We want Savelle Smalls to be a husky. We want him to wear the purple and gold. Absolutely. And I'm just saying, I don't think we begrudge him for anything that he's done throughout this process. Oh, I could care less. He's got a lot of lot of decisions, a lot of big choices. I'm sure, uh, you know, money has been uh, offered to him. Uh, there's been a lot of coffee cups. I'm probably attempted to be uh, passed on to him. So I get it. I mean, I regardless of the process and what he's gone through and anything that he said, I could care less. Yeah, uh, it's a big decision for him. He's a highly regarded recruit across the entire country. And I just think the the culture question when you look at our roster, and obviously, I mean, it is. It is changing, but when you look at our roster the last couple years, you know, we, it, it, we're not as black as a lot of other teams are. And I think it's perfectly fine for inner city black African American kids to ask themselves, you know, will I really fit in here? I think, you know, them having that question, I don't think there's any, I mean, I know we're dealing with sensitive issues, but I, I, I think it's perfectly fine and reasonable that someone like him or Jordan Banks or whoever that they can ask themselves, am I really going to fit in here? I know that it's a great school. I know they're a good team. Uh, I know I know they're going to develop me, but will I really fit in here? Will I be happy here? And it sounds like with the way uh, recruiting is trending that both of them, I'll, I'll put Banks in there as well, it sounds like he, he could be a potential commit very soon. Uh, it sounds like you know they're answering that question, yes. And, and as Dennis has said, you know, that could be a, a, a real turning point for the program and the culture of the program. Well, Chess, I, I can appreciate your willingness to, to get into the psyche of these young recruits and walk us through what they might be thinking and uh, tackling what we uh, garner as sensitive issues, all, all pertinent to the discussion. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is, is that he's going to make the best choice for him. And I think for him, it's going to be Washington. Yeah, and I think I am the right one to opine on that. Of course, myself being a super slow strategy guy with very limited athletic ability, it's uh, quite quite reasonable for me to opine and get in the psyche of five-star athletes who are wanted by anyone and everyone, basically. Yeah, right. I mean, any school that offered, um, you know, they wouldn't turn him down. If he said, I wanted to go to... Alabama, I wanted to go to Clemson, I wanted to go to Ohio State, I wanted to go to Michigan, I wanted to go to USC, I wanted to go to, you name it, they would welcome him to the program. So, but a lot of big things ahead for Washington uh, from a talent perspective. Uh, So he has a lot to, you know, the, what's the word, the, uh, the stock of Washington football is at an all-time high, and it's only going to continue to climb further as they continue to stockpile really good football players. And Pete continues to pump out decent hype type of uh, marketing videos that they've done recently. But they've got to find a couple linebackers. I'm getting a little worried about the linebacker position uh, for the rest of this season. Yeah, I just the last thing I'll mention on recruiting. I think we have 18 commits. Uh-huh. We have if we when we have Smalls and Banks in the fold, 
that would put us at number 11 in in quality. And we have not, you know, the last couple of years, I think we were 15 last year, 12 the year before that, and then the year before that we were 15. So that's, le- you know, leveling up like we always talk about. And I think, you know, that would give us 20 commits. And I think what you're going to see the last couple months is them really go hard after, you know, more big-time kids. Maybe they can get back in it for Ringo. Uh, that linebacker, I think it was Polynesian, who committed to uh, Notre Dame already. Maybe they'll try and get him. So I think I think they're not done. You know, they're they're going to swing for some more big-time uh, commits, you know, if and when they get Smalls and Banks in the fold. I think that's the plan to end the class. Well, if there's any angle of college football that people want to discuss and they want to listen to and they want to click bait for and they'll click on anything, it's recruiting. You can see from all of the forums that generally the most views revolve around recruiting. People salivate for anything in regards to recruiting top players. Uh, you know, anytime recruiting dominates our discussion, the listening numbers increase. People live and die for the recruiting information. It's an addiction for many, and we'll talk about it when it's necessary, especially as it continues to level up, as you like to say, at Washington. Recruiting continues to level up and will only level up as they get more Hewards, more Savells, and the like into the program. But they've got to find some linebacker talent because I think that area is in trouble for this program at the moment. And I think specifically you're talking about inside linebackers. Inside linebackers, Tryon uh, did, did not overwhelm uh, against uh, Eastern. He was quiet, if almost invisible. Uh, I, you know, I rewatched the entire game. Tafisi had some good plays too, but he was late on some plays, some missed tackles. Uh, he's a thumper, but I'm worried about him in space. Uh, we're a little, uh, we're not the most, what you could say, athletic. I like Sermon at fullback. He looks like a throwback uh, type linebacker, but I'm very concerned about this group in open space where a team like Oregon and USC could potentially really hurt us. Uh, in that second level of space because we just don't seem to have a ton of athletic type of linebackers that give you the ability to cover that middle zone area and then also be able to have that quick twitch to to come up on the run. So I'm a little worried how they're going to manage that weakness on the defense uh, moving ahead. I don't think it's going to be much of an issue against Cal because obviously their quarterback stinks uh, there's not much threat that they provide. And if they're going to rely on the run, that's probably where we're going to be, uh, you know, where we'll have most strengths with our rotation with the defensive line. And then I do think the younger linebackers have some stuff, run stuff ability. But like I said, the concern is in open space where I think they're going to have some issues uh, all season. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, I completely agree with you. Great point. So getting into the game, um, how do you feel the offense is going to do? Because, I mean, there has been a lot of dooging this week, some of it coming from us on, you know, the performance by Eason in the offense. Um, Cal is obviously one of the best defenses in the conference. So, and a lot of people have pointed to this as a kind of an early season bellwether game. You know, 
if, if this is a close game, and that's not a good sign for the rest of the season, if we could blow them out or handle them easily, you know, that's a really good sign. I, I mean, it's kind of, an, I guess, an early indicator, but, you know, you never know how the season's going to turn out. How do you see the offense faring in this game, and what might the plan be? Well, Chess, I don't know if you had an opportunity to look at the broadcast, but our boy Yogi Roth, we do need to give that guy some credit because he actually did a really good job breaking down the game. And one thing that he had pointed out uh, a few times, which maybe the listeners did not uh, catch, is that Washington did a tremendous job of using Hunter Bryant as a decoy to set other players up. There was this play where Yogi broke down uh, where essentially Bocelli, your favorite guy, Bocelli, who actually I think is going to actually actually put in a pretty good year. Uh, what Yogi broke down is that he was riding the wake of Hunter Bryant, and it was this little motion route underneath, and it went for I think about 18 to 22 yard gain, and the defense was so focused on Bryant that that Bocelli was able to slip through down the scene for a big gain, and I believe it was in the third quarter. And so what I think Washington is going to do a great job of is disguising uh, routes and schemes around their better players. And going back and looking at the game a second time, actually, I think people were too hard on Ahmed. Ahmed actually had a pretty good game as a whole, uh, catching the ball as well and, and running it. I think he's going to be just fine. But I think the offense is going to, is going to move the ball against Cal. And uh, I think they're going to give him a lot of looks to think about. And I think Hunter Bryant's probably going to have a really big game. Uh, Eason has been able to place the ball on occasion where only the Washington receiver had an opportunity to make a play. Uh, so I think all of those things in combination and getting that game won under their belt against a better team than what Cal faced, uh, being at home, uh, I, I think I think the offense is going to actually fare pretty well against Cal um, this Saturday. And I think a lot of that has to do, obviously, with Eason and his abilities. Um, but I think everyone's going to improve their game somewhat. Yeah, that's a good point about Ahmed. I mean, we do have a question about the, the running backs. Are you seeing improvement in fundamentals from Ahmed, McGrew, and Newton since his high school film? Uh, Jimmy's comments on the last pod about Bonafide coaching patience as the only improvement for Ackman has me worried we're going to miss Gaskin more than originally thought. Um, yeah, I, I like your comments on Ahmed, and, and again, early in the season, it's really hard to tell. But even though Ahmed got bottled up against Cal last year, um, Kamari he was Pleasant... Healthy. Yeah, he wasn't healthy, but Kamari Pleasant actually had a decent game. He had some decent runs. If you, I, I, I think he had, I don't, you know, maybe eight or nine carries for 50 yards, something like that. Um, yeah, that game, that was our most beat up game of the season. Ackman wasn't healthy. Gaskin was out. Um, Hilbers got injured at the beginning of the game. Yeah, no Hunter Bryant. Hilbers got injured, so we had no Adams, no Hilbers. So I think uh, we were basically playing our third string left tackle, Henry Roberts, who struggled. And so, yeah, the, the players we're putting on the field this time are completely different. Um, I want, I want to see, a, I want to see us score thirty points this game. Oh, I, I think that's more than reasonable, and not to mention the fact that they've gotten all their pieces back. Um, I, I know that uh, people probably don't put as much stock as I might do, but 
We know how football is an emotional game. I mean, just look at Purdue beating Ohio State last year, especially with the uh, Tyler Trent story uh, and his passing, uh, you know, this dealing with cancer. And obviously I'm not putting this in the same light, but the fact is, is that Evan Weaver has made some pretty strong comments. And you know for a fact that not only has Peterson seen it, but the players have as well. A little extra emotion in college football uh, a lot of times can go a long way. And not to say, and I don't think Washington's the type of team where, you know, they're going to get out of their game because one, you know, piddly player makes some asinine comments that they're going to get out of their game. Um, So I think there might be a little extra oomph in their step, especially with how that game played out in Berkeley. Um, I, I do believe those factors matter, especially when we talk about the, the young team, the alpha males, in Washington's case, a lot of the betas, you know, they do take this stuff personally. And I think that's going to be somewhat of a factor um, for the game. But being, you know, totally healthy is going to help. And I think the running back crew will be just fine. I mean, Richard Newton looked fantastic. Uh, he runs with power. He's got speed. He's got vision. He's got cutback. Uh, now, granted, I was against Eastern, so... We'll see a little bit more of whether, you know, he's got all the game that we saw last week. No, good time to figure it out against Cal. And I think they're going to do just fine. And also, we didn't have Chico either. That's right. Yeah, didn't have Chico. So now you have Easton and you have Easton instead of Browning. So it's like it's a totally different (laughs) offense, honestly. Yeah. And and is is Cal going to be able to score against Washington? Well, they're, they're, you're going to stack the box and let that kid beat you. And come on, he's not going to beat you at Husky Stadium. Highly, highly. Unlikely. Yeah, their offense has not, has scored as many touchdowns as you and I have in its last two games against the Husky defense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, from that perspective, I, I, I don't see how Washington loses this game. I mean, obviously, who knows? I mean, there could be factors that we're overlooking. Um, like I said, I think the linebackers were going to experience some pain there. Um, we actually saw some breakdown in the secondary for the first time in a long time. And now, granted, I know there was a true freshman playing back there, but, you know, Taylor Rapp, what he came in in what, third game into his true freshman year? I mean, Cam started, Cam Williams started his first game as a true freshman in game one. You know, that's a lot to ask. Uh, but I don't recall seeing McKinney out there much, so they must really like what Cam brings to the table because I don't think McKinney played at all. Uh, if if he did, it was it was minimal at best. And I'm very hopeful. Again, jumping back to the offense, is that we get to see you know Spiker Osborne or at least Osborne and Puka have me most excited. But I, hopefully, we get a little bit more action from the wide receiver group. But I'm actually fairly happy with Fuller and Bicelli, um and their play. I think they had a pretty good game. Well, th- this is a, a big game for them especially because, I mean, they, as we know, the uh, the scrimmage, the season ticket holder scrimmage, uh, I think a week before uh, the season started, they were really struggling against our corners. And as we know, last year, there were a couple of games where Fuller really disappeared. I mean, he had eight or nine really good games, and Cal was one of those but games. We, that also that also coincided with Browning's dip in, per, in performance as well in production. Right. No, I, I think that's a good point. So this game, we're going to find out 
it's a it's a it's going to be a big indication of does Eason mask the weaknesses of our wide receivers because you're go you're going against a very good secondary. I mean, this might be we'll see how our secondary is at the at the end of uh, the end of the season, but I mean, this secondary could be as good as anyone we face, probably. Or you know, maybe Utah's is number one actually. So you know, maybe it's number two. And it's a really good indication because if Easton is able to throw these guys open and they're effective and catching passes and making plays, then, I mean, that's a really good sign for the rest of the season. I mean, if, if, and, and I, it's, it's, and it doesn't matter if it's because those guys are able to get open and Easton's putting a great ball in there, or it's because, you know, they're getting open because, you know, Chico's doing damage and Hunter Bryant is a decoy. I mean, whatever it is, if if they're effective, that's just going to be hugely positive for the offense. Looking forward for the rest of the season. Well, don't don't be surprised, Chess, if we see a formation that includes Ahmed and McGrew in the backfield together. Uh, I, I think Cal's going to have some looks that they're not haven't seen before, and I think they're going to find ways to get some of these guys in the open space, like Ahmed and McGrew, you get them in the open space, they're, they're going to be really hard uh, to tackle, and obviously Chico as well. Um, so I think they're they're not they're they're going to look at ways to um, you know get their playmakers the ball in in low risk situations if they are in fact facing you know a vaunted secondary as you speak of um, that they're going to find ways to let these guys. Uh, make plays and that and and I don't want to see I frankly don't want to see tunnel screens I think we'll I think we'll get killed with tunnel screens yeah. um but you know there there's some you know some low risk routes or passes out of the backfield uh or some you know if you noticed on um, Eason's rollout play that he hit fuller for and you know looked at Bryant the entire time and then hit fuller on the second level uh, of you know of his reads, um, Easton is able to, to move out of the pocket, and, and people I, I think there were some Coup fans were saying that he's a statue back there. I don't know where they came up with that uh, idea, but uh, and then Easton had that little shovel pass to Hunter. I mean, he's shown that he can also move around in the pocket. So I think they're gonna they're gonna mix it up for Cal. They're not gonna let him. Te- they're not gonna let the defense tee up on him uh, and that's going to with his ability to get the ball out of his hands so quickly I think there's going to be some uh, some some plays where it's going to be short passes and, and let their their playmakers uh, create with their feet yeah now look, looking at the other side of the ball um, Cal turned it over four times against UC Davis so hopefully our defense can force turnovers. It's a master well, of the obvious statement, but you know you're you're playing against an offense like that. If you can force a couple turnovers, then they're they're just fucked. They have no chance. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, if they, <laughs> it, it's gonna be it, it will be a destruction. Uh, especially, yeah, if they turn the ball over and become box. I mean, they're gonna have no shot. They'll have no shot. So, so I, I, yeah, I, the way these teams are aligning, it's not, it's not a good situation for Cal. 
Well, John Wilner apparently is picking Cal to beat us. He said the real the, the Cal that showed up in the fourth quarter against UC Davis, that'll be the one that shows up against Washington. What happened in the fourth quarter that was so enlightening for him? I don't know. They, I looked it up, and they won the fourth quarter 7-0. So. Well, way to go, Wilner. Sounds like you and Weaver should uh, find a room. Yeah, spe- speaking of, I want to get into Nick Harris's injury, but speaking of Weaver, Weaver, we got a couple questions about that. Will Evan Weaver die in the 50-yard line, and how much KY jelly should he pack for his trip north? <laughs> Jeez. Well, I don't think he's done himself any favors um, with the comments, but, you know, whatever. He's a young punk coming back home, obviously bitter about not receiving an offer, um, you know. Let him have his personal party, I guess. Yeah, he's a very good player, and it's too too bad we we did not offer him. Yeah, that's the, that's the breaks. You don't uh, you don't get it right every time. That's for sure. Seen a lot of recruiting misses out of the staff over the years as well. Yeah, which just goes to the point that that's why every year you always have to get as many of the best players as you can. Yeah, because yeah, you know that's injury, uh, you know, getting kicked off the team, not not living up to expectations, injury, you name it, right? So a lot of things can go wrong very quickly. So, okay, before we get to predictions, last question. Are you concerned about Nick Harris? Peterson said he's week to week. I mean, Mateo Mele, he had uh, an issue with snaps. Unfortunately, Eason is huge, so he can catch the air Wingspan pterodactyl. <laughs> yeah, I like that. But uh, any any concern so. about that, Jimmy? I'm concerned about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's got a ton of playing experience. Uh, they're going to be playing a good defense. Yeah, his loss hurts. Uh, I think we probably don't see him till USC. Well, he's. I mean, he's week to week, and it's just some rumblings I'm hearing. It sounds like he could be out for quite a few weeks. Well, USC would be what two weeks, three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, I think so. We got Hawaii, BYU. Yeah. So yeah, three weeks. USC is my prediction, but what do I know? If you've heard the rumblings that it's way worse, high ankle sprain, knee, what is it? Possibly like an MCL or ACL. Well, well, if it's ACL, he's out for the year. Obviously, MCL, you know, could be four to six weeks, depending on the level of tear. Who knows, man? Like, you know, it's so funny. People will be like, well, what are they saying? What did Pete say? What? Like, dude, he never says shit. Why would anyone ask? Like, what has the coach said? He doesn't talk about injuries. Very rarely. <laughs> Ty- yeah. Insert the Tyrone who gif. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll find out about Nick Harris when, when he's ready to share. But we're not going to know the severity. All right. So... The spread is 13 and a half. Over under is 43 and a half. You think, would you bet the over or the under? What was the, what was it? The over under is 43.5. So if, if you look at the numbers, we're predict that the spread and over under, it has us winning 28.5 to 15. Uh... Bill Connolly has us, has us winning 
has us being favored by 20.7 points and winning 40 to 19. My first initial was the was the over. You know, I'm gonna go with the over. Okay, and do you want to give a prediction? You want oh, you want the prediction too? You want the score right now? Unless there's unless there's more stuff you want to talk about, I would say I. Yeah, no. I'm sorry, I misunderstood you there, buddy. Uh, I would go. I'm. I thought about this earlier. I'm gonna go with twenty nine sixteen. So we're gonna get a safety. No. We're gonna miss an extra point. You always ask me about this. I. I'm giving you my score. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but that's my that's my prediction. That's my prediction, all right? So I, th- I thought you said we were going to score more than 30 points. Did I? Well, I got them right at... Okay, so 29-16. I am that's going... That's 43, isn't it? Yeah. 40, yeah. So you're taking the over. That's 45. Yeah, that's what I said. I took, taking the over. Uh, I'm taking the under. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with 27 to 10. 27 to 10. I like it. But I like score. It would be if we score over 30 points. I would be very pleased with that. Oh, absolutely. But I, th- I think we're going to be in the 20s, up mid to upper 20s. Yeah, that's why I went with 29. Alrighty. Any final words before we sign off? Just, just win the game. This, I'm not, I'm not mentally prepared for another, for a loss this early. I'm not mentally prepared for any losses. Well, of course, but certainly not, not week two. And, <laughs> and buy your tickets on. We'll, we'll talk about the game day experience and the single game tickets being radically overpriced. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that tonight. We'll it's get, time to go to bed. We'll get into that after the game. Yeah, after. After the game. All right. Hey, Jimmy, this is exactly 30 minutes and 30 seconds. Fantastic, buddy. That's that's great news. I appreciate that. Signing off. Signing off, everybody. Enjoy the Thanks, game. Sir. I'll talk to you next week. Cheers.